Good morning. Uh, Jesus is alive. It's Labor Day weekend, and the Razorbacks are still in contention for the national championship. Is it a good day, or is it a good day? There you go. Well, hey, my name is Kyle. So glad to be with each of you, and this is Brad Duncan. Everybody say hi, Brad. Uh, Brad and his wife, Michelle, have been a part of Holland Chapel for about three years, and uh, on most Sundays, uh, Brad, during the 9 o'clock service, is sitting down here about four or five rows back on my left, your right, it's where he normally is, and he's up here today because, uh, man, we just want him to be able to share his heart on some things that God has been using him to do, and that he is so willing to do, and so we're really, really excited about that. Plus, Brad's in our HC group, and so he is proof that you meet really interesting and incredible people in HC groups. So if you're not in HC group, we want you to sign up, and we want you to be part of that and to get in one. So Brad, we're really glad to have you here today, man. Yes, yeah, great to be here. Good to see all of the people I normally don't see. This uh, view for me is completely different than I'm, I'm normally sitting in your spot looking up here. Well, man, let me throw some questions out you to, at you. Just let everybody get to know you just a little bit. So what do you, what do, you do for a living? Uh, I work at Baptist Hospital in North Little Rock, and I do MRI. How many of you know what an MRI is? It's that machine that's real loud, that, 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 that ah, 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 and all that. I do that. You make those noises? Uh, well, I, I control those noises. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so if you know what that is, you know that my job is to shove people into a hole and try to keep them from freaking out. <laughs> and they freak out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, tell us how you met your wife, Michelle. Uh, one weekend, I got on a dating website. And about the same time, Michelle got on that same website. Um, the difference was that when I got on there, I signed up for a six-month membership at $120. She got on for a free trial weekend. <laughs> she got me at a discount. <laughs> You got the way better end of the deal, though, man. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh, kids, family, man. You guys got a family, so tell us about them. Yeah, we have three girls, three daughters, so I'm outvoted on everything. Um, my oldest daughter is 27. She lives in Fayetteville. Uh, she just had, six months ago today, had our first grandbaby, a uh, little grandson, her and Nathan. And uh, Duncan is our grandson's name. And then uh, Mackenzie is 24. She lives in Dallas, Texas. Uh, she works for the Genesis uh, Foundation, and they're a, uh, a women's shelter, and she's a real outgoing girl, and she does all their fundraisers with all these big names and everything, just loves it. And then uh, Abby is our youngest, she's 22, and uh, she works at Blaze Pizza on Cantrell, she makes a delicious pizza, and we're real proud of all three of our girls. That's awesome, man. So anybody that knows you knows this, so these guys want to know you. So uh, it seems you have a favorite food, and there's a really interesting factoid about that favorite food in your life. So what is that favorite food, and what's so interesting about that for you? Well, you can survive off peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> I've eaten a peanut butter and jelly sandwich pretty much on average at least one every day of my life. Now you can... So if you want arms like that... <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Now, when I graduated high school eating only peanut butter and jelly, I was Mr. Puniverse, <laughs> 118 pounds. <laughs> so particular type of uh, peanut butter, jelly, particular type? Jif uh, peanut butter. I had a choosy mom. She okay. chose Jif. Right. Um, <laughs> Welch's grape jelly, and I've switched to kind of a, a wheat honey bread. So okay, so kind of a there. little bit of health in there. Yeah, All right, I got you. I got you. Well, there's something really uh, interesting about you as well that we want everybody to know. You've actually written several books. You're an author. He's an author. Isn't that really cool? 
And so uh, that's one of the reasons why you're up here today, man. Just I've read your books, and they're incredible. Uh, you've written several books. The first one was called First Fruits, uh, a story about a church and a community and God just working in and through and doing some amazing things. And you're going to share a little bit more about that story a little bit today. And then you wrote a book called Second Chances, which is just that, a story of second chances. And then you got some deer hunter devotional guides out there. And so for the deer hunters in the room, really cool stuff for you to take advantage of. And maybe a stocking stuffer for somebody coming up for Christmas, just neat that you can put in there. And then your latest is called The Decision that I just finished up. And I'm here to tell you guys, uh, all of these books are incredible. I just finished The Decision. It is gripping, and it is incredible, and I just, you need to read it. Uh, I don't know if this is a good word or not, but this is the way I describe it. It's a, it's a parallel storytelling that's taking place. It's two stories that are the same, happening at the same time, being told, and just powerful and incredible, and just really, really cool. And so you've written several books, and so here's the question for you. How'd you get into writing? Well, I've actually written a book about that. <laughs> You wrote a book about how you got into writing, okay. It's, it's called Accidental Author, and it's a free book that's, a, that's an e-book, and it basically, uh, when I was a teenager, I read a, a very popular classic Christian book called uh, In His Steps, it's uh, by Charles Shelton, and you may not know that book, but you probably have heard of the phrase that comes from that book, what would Jesus do? And that's where that came from. It bounced around in my mind for years, for decades, actually. I'd think, what would that book look like in today's world? So, so I kind of used that as my basis and some other inspirations and just kind of fleshed that out in the book. Well, I love it. Well, we want to give away a few of your books today really quick. I think Nick's going to help me out. Uh, we've got two copies of First Fruits and two copies of The Decision. I don't know how Nick's going to make The Decision to hand out books. You want to throw them backwards? All right. So maybe if you make a little racket or something, he might hook you up. I don't know. But anyway, there they are. Uh, while Nick's doing that, it might be interesting to note that Brad has actually spoken at student ministry, and you got done with one round, and Nick's like, man, you did a great job. Are you ready to do it again? He didn't know he was speaking twice, so I just want to make the record clear. I told Brad he'd be speaking twice today. Yes. Nick didn't when he spoke for him. So anyway, um, got them all out great. So here's the deal, guys. We wanted you to be aware of these books because, man, several reasons. One, they're going to point you to Jesus. They're going to encourage you in your faith. Um, they're great for unbelievers, especially the decision. Uh, man, you can hand that to a, uh, someone who's not a person of faith yet, and man, it's going to point them to Jesus in just an incredible and creative way. The other reason why we're doing all this is because Brad is just passionate and faithful in his following of Jesus, and he's bold. Uh, standing up in front of people is something that he courageously does, which is a pretty big deal when somebody gets up in front of groups of people. Um, he does a lot of things within our church. He leads a ninth grade small group on Wednesday nights through HCSM and uh, preaches the gospel when he gets a chance at other churches, uh, speaks at men's events, and we just thought it'd be great for you guys to hear from him and to be encouraged and to be challenged. And so, man, we're just really glad you're here. I want to play, pray a short prayer over you and let you share your heart and share God's word with us today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for Brad and his willingness just to use his talents and his gifts for your honor and your glory. 
And man, there's a lot of the people in this room that are doing the same thing. Just going throughout their days, just saying, how can I serve? How can I help? How can I make the name of Jesus known? I pray that as uh, Brad shares his story and shares the word of God today and shares his heart, that it will stir all of us up as a church just to be mindful of what you've created us to do and how you've made us and how you've gifted us and that we would use those gifts for your honor and your, for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it is an honor to be here today. Um, 2017, January 1st, Michelle and I went and, and we went over to Kyle and Terry's house. We had been visiting church here at Holland Chapel and, and we wanted to become members. So we sat around their kitchen table and we talked about our faith in Jesus. And, and we ended that by symbolically putting our hands all together and committing to be the best members that we could be. Um, it's a decision that I am so happy that we made. We have had such a blessing being here. Like we talked about a few years ago, I began to write down a story that God had placed upon my heart, and before I knew it, I had a book. And I'm not sure who is most surprised that I wrote a book, my family, my friends, or my high school English teachers. <laughs> I was not the top in my class, if you know what I mean. But I clung to the verse in 1 Corinthians where God says that he uses the weak things of this world. And God was very faithful throughout my writing journey. I remember that I was stuck in this one part, and it, it had a scene with some insurance involved. And I don't know anything about insurance, but I happened to go on a date with a young lady at the time. And early on in our date, I found out that she worked in the insurance industry. So as we're going along on this exciting date, and I'm asking her questions about policy and procedures in the insurance world, <laughs> she's thinking, this guy's really into me. And I'm thinking, man, I'm getting all my homework done for this book. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a win-win because that part of my book I feel is solid and that young lady turned out to be my wife a couple of years later so it was a it was a great start and I have learned more about insurance <laughs> in the last nine years that I thought was even possible my first book is called first fruits it's a story about a pastor who goes through a crisis of belief and what comes out of that and how it changes his outlook on life and in the life of his church I followed that up about a year later with Second Chances. It's a sequel to that book, kind of uses some minor characters to tell their stories. After that, I really felt like God was leading me to write about my deer hunting experiences. As I wrote about my deer hunting experiences, I talked to the guys at camp about the stories, and I realized it's a really good thing that I'm writing these stories down because those guys can't remember anything correctly. <laughs> they all think that they killed the biggest deer with the hardest shot in the worst conditions. And after writing the books, I realized I killed the biggest deer with the hardest shot. No, I'm definitely not the best hunter in our camp, but God used those fun and funny stories to allow me to share with men and share spiritual insights into things that happen in the deer woods. It's really an area where I went from boyhood to manhood in a lot of ways. And that's opened doors for me to be able to go speak at men's events and men's ministries and, and eat lots of good, unhealthy fried food. My latest book is called The Decision, as Kyle shared. You know, we make lots and lots of decisions every day. And early on in me and Michelle's relationship, we decided that I would take care of all of the big decisions and that she would handle all of the little decisions. Nine years together, no big decisions yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
But like Kyle said, that's a dual story where a young man chooses, he comes on a youth night in the start of the book, and he chooses whether to follow God or whether not to, and acknowledge God as his Savior. And it just, it showed me in the writing, it taught me how, how much peace that God gives us as believers. And even when bad things happen, there's just an underlying hope that we have. I'd like to thank Josh Turner and Nick Calloway for writing the forewords of that book, and I'd like to thank our very own Jennifer Legate for creating that beautiful cover. Holland Chapel's fingerprints are all over this book, and I'm proud to say that my church is invested in this. I also want to thank those of you who are here who have purchased a book or, or reviewed a book online or uh, shared it on social media. Um, the average self-published author sells about 100 books. And I've been blessed to sell several thousands because you've shared with other people and told them to read this book and, and how much you enjoyed it. And I love being able to, to share the stories that God's placed upon my heart. If you would like a book today, they'll be available as you leave. Um, but if you want to get one from my website, uh, they're available in ebooks or paperback. There's also a couple of free short stories. One is Accidental Author about my writing journey. The other is the book of Job that I took and made it a modern-day story of the book of Job. If you get one of my books today, they're $10, but I want you to know, and I mean this, if you don't have $10 for a book today, that's fine. Just ask me, say, hey, I'd like a book, and I will gladly give you one. This isn't really about me getting rich. It's about sharing the stories God's placed upon my heart. So if you want one and, and don't have that $10 today, don't worry about it. I will gladly be happy to give you one. But I do want you to know that if you get one of my books today, that they all come with a guarantee. When I was in youth growing up, we had a youth minister, and, and he really wanted us guys to go to camp this year. So he came to us and he said, guys, if you come to camp and you don't experience God in some way, I'll let you slap me in the face. I want to give you that same, same guarantee that Tony Ellis gave to me that day. If you buy one of my books and you don't experience God in some way, if you can find Tony Ellis, and slap him in the face. <laughs> in my book, First Fruits, I came up with something called the 3T Challenge. And it's simply intentionally giving our time, our talents, and our treasures to use as God leads us. We're going to dig into that challenge this morning. Let me say a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father God, I pray that you'll just allow us to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And Lord, you'll get all the glory. Teach us, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I grew up loving basketball. I loved to play basketball. I loved to watch basketball. And I think one of the reasons why I love basketball so much is every time I would meet somebody, when I was a little bitty, and still to this day, they would say, do you know what a good player your dad was in basketball? And I was like, no, I've never seen, you know, he just... I play with him in the yard, and he just owns me because I'm three. But, <laughs> but everybody I meet would say that, and that kind of inspired me. My dad was my hero growing up, so I wanted to be good at basketball. And then in 1978, something amazing happened. I became an official basketball player. I got a jersey. I got some high tops. I got a practice schedule. You parents love that practice schedule, don't you? What am I going to be doing the next four months? Oh, here it is, right here. <laughs> but I learned something really quick when I got out on the court with my team. I had a lot to learn. I was going to have to learn to dribble with my left hand as good as I dribbled with my right. 
I learned that if you go outside of that line, the other team gets the ball. I learned when I'm guarding somebody, I can't just run through them and take it. I just got to kind of wait till they mess up and take it from them. I had a lot to learn. You know, as, as believers, when we first become saved, we have a lot to learn. And some, one of the things that God wants us to learn is how to use our things for him. Some of those things are our time, our talents, and our treasures that he's given us to use. That's what I call the 3T challenge. Now, I want to be very clear that as we use these things for God, it's not to earn our salvation. Rather, it's because we are saved that we desire to be the person God wants us to be. So if it's not for our salvation, why is it important to use these things for God? It's important because the best life that we can live is found in becoming the person that God created us to be. God created you to be you, not to be someone else. He gave you the gifts, the struggles, everything about you. He gave you that, and he wants you to use that all for his glory. So let's look at the first T, our time. Psalms 90.12 says, Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. You know, the older I get, the, the more I realize how precious our time is, how precious my time is, and how God wants me to not be wasting my time, but be using it for whatever he wants me to be using it for. So what are some of the things that God wants me to be using my time for? One of those things is, is reading his word. Now, I know some of you think uh, reading the Bible boring, but you know, I think so many times we forget exactly what this book is. You know, this is a book that is filled with war and heroes. It's a book that's filled with romance and betrayal. It's a book that's filled with tragedy and victory. This is a book that has inspired knights and kings, prophets and warriors. This is a book that reveals truth and literally gives life to its reader. If we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, we have to spend at least a few minutes a day, just a verse or two if you have to, but spend some time in God's Word allowing it to shape us. Another thing that God wants me to do with my time, and I believe if you're a believer that He wants you to do with your time, is simply talking and listening to Him. Prayer. A very famous theologian and pastor named Samuel Chadwick wrote years ago, The concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from our prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil and he mocks our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. We get our power as believers from prayer, and if we don't have that, we are very weak. Now those are two spiritual disciplines that I believe are very crucial to becoming a person God wants you to be. And there are other spiritual disciplines that I'm not going to go into, but, but are those the only things that God wants us to be doing? I don't think so. I think that God delights when His people enjoy His creation. When we go hiking or camping, when we're playing sports or, or going hunting or fishing, when we're going shopping, when we cook a good meal, when we go to a decent, good, enjoyable movie or play, when we read a good book, when we travel, I believe that God is delighted. My wife assures me 
that in the coming days, we are going to delight God by traveling to see some silos in Waco, Texas. <laughs> I told her there's silos in Stuttgart we can go see, but she wasn't interested in that. The key is we must keep these actions in their proper place and not neglect the spiritual disciplines that God's laid out for us. Because the danger is this. We get messaging all the time. We get messaging from TV and radio and, and a whole lot of messaging from my cell phone that I don't have, my wife has. We're inundated with that, and most of that is coming from the world. Recent studies showed, on the other hand, that the average American Christian spends less than two hours a week in Bible study, prayer, and religious activity. That's including the hour to hour and a half you spend in a service. What's going to influence us more? What's going to influence our kids more? Our communities? Our church? We must be a people who sacrifice to make time to do the things that God wants us to do. The second T, talents. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You know, when people think of useful spiritual gifts in the church, they usually think of three things primarily. Preaching, singing, and teaching, Sunday school or small groups. Man, those things are vital to a healthy church. And I look at Holland Chapel and I think how blessed we are in those areas. I look at our pastoral team, guys and girls, I mean MVPs across the board. They inspire me to be a better Christian, not only when they're at work, but watching them outside of work just inspires me. I'm very blessed to be here at this time. And then our worship, man, me and Michelle, we get excited on Saturday night. Wonder what, you know, wonder what songs we're going to sing and, and we just get pumped up about it. Then also in youth, we have worship teams that, that minister to the youth. And then our small group leaders and Sunday school teachers. You guys, you, you invest your lives in people. And, and you open the word of God and you share truth with people. And you care about people. And we are so blessed to have so many people that are willing to use that talent for God. There's lots of other talents, I believe, a healthy church uses. I remember growing up, um, we had a man who would go around with a camera, and he would take pictures. And if we had an event, he'd be snapping pictures, and then going, just walking through the church on Sunday morning, he'd be taking pictures of people. And every so often, we would have the slideshow. Now, if you're under 40, you may not remember the slideshow, but we didn't have the big video board and all that in church. We would have a Sunday night, and, and they would set up the, the slide projector. A slide is a little bitty picture. And uh, they would set that up, and they would set up a screen, or some churches would put it against the wall, and, and some, somebody would play some kind of hymnal music, or they'd put on an 8-track or cassette tape, <laughs> and they would have the slideshow. But you know what the slideshow night was? It was the highest attended Sunday night service that we had every quarter. It, this man used his gift of photography to encourage people to come and fellowship, to have a good time, to experience God. He used that gift, and God used it to meet people's needs, to meet people where they were at. What other gifts are there that we can use? Praise the Lord for nursery workers. That is not my calling. I did that when my kids were little, and I am so glad that God has moved me on from that. But I know some of you would hate to go into ninth grade youth and go play paintball with them or laser tag or whatever, and I love that. 
So God uses me in a different way than he uses Kyle. And he uses Kyle in a different way than he uses you. And he uses you in a different way than he uses them. And that's the body of Christ. There's things that, that I can't do that you can. There's people that you can reach that I never could. So God uses you in those moments. Other things that we have, we have a welcome team. I mean, I love coming in, shaking hands with my friends and, and getting to see them as I walk into church. We have ushers. And uh, in the first service, uh, Mike Culp comes by and he gives me the, the bucket and I pass it and he either shakes my hand or he punches me in the side. And, and it's just like family. And, and I love seeing him every Sunday. We have audio-visual team. Those guys are, are good on Wednesday nights, and they're good in here. They do their job great. They use their talents. I would hate to be up there doing that, but they're gifted in that. We have people who go, and they meet the homeless, and, and they give out food and clothing. We have people who bring food and clothing so that they will have something to give them. We have a maintenance team. When things break, they go in, and they fix it. We're blessed to have that. So many gifts in the church. We have a, a, I knew a group of ladies who they love to knit, and they decided to make it a ministry. So they got some names of pe some people that were sick in their church, and they would knit these blankets, and as they would knit them, they would pray over them, and they would take these blankets, a physical reminder that someone cares about them and loves them while they're in the hospital, many times lonely, depressed, sad. Then they have the love of Jesus knowing somebody cares about them. Knew a guy who, uh, he loved to work on cars. He got saved. He went to his pastor and he said, you know what, pastor? He said, I'm not good at praying out loud and, and I don't like to talk in public, but I like to work on cars. Can God use that? Pastor said, absolutely. So he began to connect that man with people in his church who needed an oil change or a belt fix that couldn't afford it. And he showed the love of Jesus through his talent of working on cars. We serve a very creative God, and he allows us to serve him in very creative ways. One thing I love about my church is that our pastors not only teach us truth, but they give us a chance to live that out. So we're talking about serving God. They come out with a book called Serve. You take one of these books and you open it, you'll find all kinds of things in the church that you can do that are needs, and you'll find something that fits you. But I want you to know this morning, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, I got nothing, nothing. I don't have any talents. I don't have any gifts. Jesus says in the Bible that if you simply take a cold cup of water and you give it to somebody who's thirsty, you won't lose your reward in heaven. You have something to offer. And the third T, our treasures. Matthew 6, 20 says, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. There was a pastor at his first church and it was his first Sunday and he really wanted to cast that vision, get everybody excited. So he said, church, we're going to grow like a child grows. You know what children do? They crawl. And that's what we're going to do as a church. We're going to crawl. We're going to open the word of God together and we're going to learn the stories of the Bible. And we're going to eat together. And we're going to fellowship. And we're going to love each other. Several amens were heard around the church. And in the back of the church, a booming, deep voice said, Teach us to crawl, Lord. Teach us to crawl. pastor was excited by the reaction. He said, you know what? Kids don't only crawl, but they walk. And we're going to walk as a church. We're going to fall down sometimes, but we're going to walk as a church. We're going to invite people here. 
We're going to have a good time together. We're going to have fellowships and potlucks, and everybody's going to be happy. They're going to love each other. This will be a house of prayer and a house of love. Everybody was excited. Several amens were heard around the room, and in the back of the room, a deep voice said, Teach us to walk, Lord. Teach us to walk. Pastor, excited about the reaction, went on and said, You know what? Kids don't just walk. Kids run. And that's what we're going to do as a church. We're going to run. Some of you have an extra car. And you're going to give that car away to somebody who needs it. Some of you have a boat. You're going to sell that boat. You're going to give that money away so the gospel can go. Some of you give 10%. And that is great. But God's going to call you to give 20% or 40% or 50% of your income. Dead silence (laughs) across the church. And then in the back of the room, a deep voice said, teach us to crawl, Lord. (laughs) Teach us to crawl. (laughs) Obviously, our our treasures, our money is a treasure that God wants us to use for Him. There's lots of teaching in the Bible about how to use this resource for Him. Our church has offered something called Financial Peace University a few times, and and it helps people, and it's helped many of us to, to get more healthy financially. I love giving my money to God through this church. And the reason why I can say that I love giving my money away is because I know that when I give my money here, it's going to spread the gospel in Indonesia. And it's going to tell people who don't know about Jesus in India about him. It's going to build a church building in Peru. It's going into Boston and Indianapolis to share the love of Christ. It's going to go to northwest Arkansas and plant a church. To people who don't know God today, they'll know him in the coming days. It's going to go to Saline County and affect people. It's going to affect people in here and help the gospel go and grow in us. Man, that's exciting. That's big stuff. But money is not the only thing, not the only treasure that God gives us to use. I got to watch as my mom and dad used the treasure of their car after I graduated and my sister graduated. You know, a lot of parents don't go to church anymore on Wednesday nights once their kids get graduated. But they continued to go, and they would pick up a little girl that didn't have a ride. She wouldn't get to go to church if they didn't take her. They used the treasure of their car to let that little girl go and be with her friends at church to hear stories and build her faith. I also believe that God uses our homes. Can he use our homes for his glory? I think so. Next week, we're going to have HC groups. There are going to be people who open their homes to us, and we're going to go into their homes, and we're going to fellowship and eat and hear about the gospel. We're going to build each other up. We're going to laugh and have a great time. Those people are going to power clean their houses Sunday afternoon. They're going to take the dirty laundry off their couch and hide it somewhere so that we can come in and enjoy their home. What about a swimming pool? Can God possibly use a swimming pool for his glory? Well, if Nick Calloway calls you and says, can I bring a bunch of teenagers over to your house to crash your pool in the summer, then yeah, God can use that. But what a creative way to keep kids who would otherwise, many of them, fall out of church, keep them plugged in through the summer, keep being around their friends, being about positive influences, hearing about Jesus. What kind of treasures do you have? that you can creatively use for the glory of God. Do you remember a few minutes ago when 
I told you that in uh, 1978, I became an official basketball player. Well, a short time before that, I became a member of another team. I became a Christian. And just like in basketball, I had a lot to learn. And you know what? I'm still learning to this day. But you know what I was? I was excited. I was determined. I was all in for Jesus. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it says in the book of Romans that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. If you need to talk to one of our pastors about that, feel free to do so. They would love to talk to you about that. And if you haven't followed through in baptism since you've been saved, next week we're going to have water and you can get dumped. It's what God calls us to do after we're saved. And then maybe you've lost that excitement. You're not as determined as you once were. You're not quite all in. You're stuck. Let me tell you what, God is not mad at you. He's not shocked by whatever you've done. You know what he's doing? He's saying, come on, don't stay there. I got better for you. Don't stay there. Follow me. Follow me. I got better. Because he knows that the best life we can live is found in becoming the person that God created us to be. Thank you for allowing me to share this morning. I'm blessed to be in the family of God and to be at a wonderful church. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share what you've put on my heart. God, I thank you for being faithful even when times that I wasn't. I pray, God, that you will Make me the man you want me to be. And I pray, God, for our church, that you will continue to draw people to you. And you'll allow us to use our stuff for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.